It's 12 noon on Wednesday, and that means it's time for the live Pastor Mike Drop podcast. Hello, Emily. Hello. How is the co-host of this uh, podcast doing today? Wonderful. How about you? I am. I'm doing great. We've got the post-VBS, you know, basking in the glow kind of buzz that's still emanating around our our building here. And and I ran into some campus pastors this week. Same thing at their... their, locations so yeah how are how are you are you are you like getting a little bit of a breath or is it right back at it i'm still coming down from the high a bit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no doubt well that's that's vacation bible school here at hope which is just this amazing event and we've been talking about that on this podcast the last few weeks too and uh dressed uh in costume Yes. And and we have two of our favorite skit characters with us here today, but actually, more importantly, they're also good Bible scholars. So yes. would you please introduce our guests? We have digital outreach minister, Mark Brandt. Hi, Mark. Hello. Yeah, vacation Bible school is almost like a vacation, isn't it? Yeah. Like after you do two weeks of that, you have to remember like, what is it I actually do? That's yes. Right. Somebody else and I had yeah. that conversation today. <clears throat> oh like, my oh, gosh. Got to switch back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. uh, somebody who writes some of the skits, I have to say... Coming up with your name for the skit was one of my favorite. Just, I laughed to myself for 10 what minutes. What was your name? Slice McBirdie Pants. And the best part was, I've had people come up to me consistently and say, I didn't figure out it was you until day three. Oh, that's so great. Because your mustache? So I wasn't great. trying hard. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, Give the, us a little bit of the so voice. Great. It was the mustache and then the accent. I mean, that was not a good one. I can't even do it now. I totally like blocked that. It was like a, an amalgam of like Scottish, British... And I don't know. Which is where the game was invented, Scotland. Yep. 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 So you you channeled that. And I don't slice. We (laughs) also have Pastor Amanda Neppel. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Your VBS skit character was Marge Funderson. Yes. You should know my husband every year. You are his favorite character. Like he, the skit started during the service, and as soon as you started, he's just giggling. That is great. Yes, That's great. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so my character was Marge Funderson, based off Marge Gunderson from the movie Fargo, and so she had quite the accent. It was supposed to be Northern Minnesota, and I just heard it again because I'm thinking about it. Um, Let's it hear it just a little of, bit. Oh just uh, a little bit. <laughs> so here's the thing about that. I had to. It comes out accidentally, but that was not an easy one for me to do. So like a lot of times before I'd start my lines, I'd have to say to myself, okay, big tig. And then I could continue to talk <laughs> like that. But I had to think about it real hard. Otherwise, it didn't just happen. Oh it's my. really an art. Oh, wow. And so then I, well, we'll say things because I had to practice it a lot because it didn't come naturally. So now I hear it come out. It'll come out today. I guarantee it. Wow. I hope it does. Didn't, didn't you say you preached that Sunday yes. and then it kind of slipped out oh, a couple times? it was all times? over the place. And people were, people were excited to let me know. Well, and the thing about you, Amanda, is you play a different character every, every year. Every year, yes. And it's a different accent. I've done a, I've a, whole, done a multitude of accents. It's yeah, kind of you, you, are, you are the Swiss Army knife of VBS. Mm. You can do it all. Yeah. And, and the best reveal this year, too. I mean, by far, mm. you being... Dis, uh, Discount Dan's dad. I didn't even see that coming. Right. That was I think quite when the, that dun dun dun. I'm like, whoa! Because <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see the Wednesday skit until it was in real time. I'm like, what? Dramatic plot twist. <laughs> it was so in good. the BBS skits. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the number of, just to clear it up for the whole world, I am actually not Daniel's mom. No, Lots in of real questions. life. Yeah. Lots of questions. Some people probably wonder. Lots of questions about that. Yeah. Yeah. Although you're way so. too young for that. If you yes. want to take part in the skits, you can watch them online. Also, all the music. Thank is you. now online on our yeah, YouTube channel. 
absolutely. Know? Lutheran Church of Hope has mm. a YouTube channel. You can go yeah. there and just scroll down. You'll see everything. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Lots of kids watching those videos, <laughs> but adults can too. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Now, I'm equally excited about our, uh, even more excited, really, if you really want to know about our Bible reading that yeah. we're doing this mm-hmm. year. We're reading through the whole Holy Bible in a year, and we're into some really uh, deep and I would also add dense, mm. not not sure. dense in a silly way, but dense and just a complex. And it doesn't get uh, any deeper than this when it comes to theology, our understanding of God, how we stand right before a holy God. And so we're into the book of Galatians. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be zooming in on during this podcast to try to help our Bible readers give them some tools to mm-hmm. to bring some insight and some revelation to what they're reading uh, and explanation and clarification too. So... Without further ado, we've got some questions that people have been asking, and we compile those and mix those together with some other things, and and we've got we've got some good ones. Hopefully, we can get to them all. And Ted Lasso, Why don't we just take jump it right away. in. Anybody got any questions? Oh yeah, no, should have saw that coming. Okay, <laughs> what was happening in the churches of Galatia that motivated Paul to write this letter to them? Yeah, this. So we start off this letter right away. Paul's writing to what we understand to be a collection of small churches, which is resonating with me because that's kind of what I get to do now around Hope mm-hmm. is start these small kind of worship gatherings. And it's in what we kind of now understand as modern day Turkey. So it's kind of on that eastern or western edge because I can't do north. I can do north south. I can't do east west. So we're in the western edge. Of which Turkey. ironically, we were just talking about Turkey. Yeah. Unrelated before this podcast. <laughs> yep. And you like the coffee there. I do like the coffee there. It's there good stuff. Go. I've All never right. had it in Turkey, though, but I've had Turkish coffee on, on the top of a mountain oh. one time in oh. uh, okay. the Czech Republic. So back to that first century. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know where we got there. That's but good. So uh, Paul had, had, had kind of started this movement of reaching out to the Gentiles. That was who, where he was called right. in his Christian ministry. And these churches started, and they were they they started and they're fired up. They're young Christians though, so they're very susceptible mm-hmm. to new ideas, and new things coming in. So there was a faction of uh, Judaism that was very radical that wanted to come in and remind them, hey, the way to be made right is by the law. Right. And so they started to kind of revert back to some old ways, and it, it, it was unhelpful because Paul was preaching that you're set free from that. Mm-hmm. You know, the law no longer binds you in the way that it used to. And so why would you want to go back? So his whole I think, impetus in starting this letter to this church, to the churches in Galatia was reminding them what they understood from the beginning and not to follow after this kind of a, a movement back to circumcision or other rituals that was supposed to make you right with God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we can, um, we can still to this day, we can fall into that ditch a little bit of, well, doing the right things will make God like me better. And, you know, it's as simple as that, you know, that yeah. really God can't love you any more than he already does. So mm-hmm. um, I think that was the big thing for Paul. He just wanted to remember your roots. Remember why you got excited about this uh, this mission to, to bring the good news and go back to those roots. Yeah. 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 That's good. The the church in the first, in first century, and you mentioned it, it's not like some of the other epistles that we've already looked at. Corinth was a church in Corinth, mm-hmm. the city of Corinth. Yep. Galatia is a region, yes. and so it's a. Cl- you mentioned that, Mark. Yeah. But I just want to underscore that point for our listeners. G- the The letter to the Galatians is a collection of churches. Yes. It isn't just one congregation, right. and so there's a whole mix of things going on there, and that's to the complexity mm-hmm. of what's happening. But there seems to be a common thread, and Paul, it, it's almost like you, you can tell as you read Paul's letters in the New Testament 
how he's feeling mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. about the people he's writing to. He doesn't hide it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first few verses are just sort of a, hey, it's me, Paul. I'm an apostle. And by the way, I know you mm-hmm. underestimate me. So here's my qualifications real quick. And then grace to you and peace, the usual, mm-hmm. which is really important. And I think two words that we'll get into as these podcasts go on over the next several weeks, because Paul starts almost every letter with grace and peace, yeah. which mm-hmm. I think is fascinating. But it's almost like he can't wait. And already by verse six, I'm shocked right. that you're turning away so soon yeah. from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news or the gospel at all. Right. He's not mincing words right. now. He's, he's, he's just coming after it. And later in Galatians, he'll say, look, if, if we were in person, I could soften it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm writing mm-hmm. this because you just need to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah. how else to get your attention. Yeah. You have lost your way. One of my favorite parts is chapter six, verse 11 says, notice what large red <laughs> letters <laughs> yeah. I use as I write these yeah. closing yeah. Words in my yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, Emily. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you're not listening, I'm. Tr- you, you know. This is the email in all caps. That's right. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm yelling caps. at you. Yeah. Is what Paul is saying. Yeah. Right. Yes. Good, good yeah. catch, Emily. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. was serious. Absolutely. It, it, it's almost a little bit of humor there, you know, yeah. along the way that you can get a chuckle. Uh, it's, Paul is. It's not funny what they're doing, no. but it's it's a little bit humorous in a in a kind of you know different way that Paul is. You can just mm-hmm. feel his passion yep. yes. as he pours out on this. And here's what's in it for us today is because we can feel that and sense that we're like, okay, we don't want to go there mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as Christians individually, but also collectively as churches, we don't want to get out of, out of the faithful lane and mm-hmm. fall into those same traps that the Galatians yep. are falling into. And there's... The legalism the, stuff. The you legalism just, yep. stuff is alive and well in our mm-hmm. world today yes, and absolutely. Christianity today. I yeah. thought of it as like you can feel how strongly Paul feels. And it's like he's looking at them going like, ah, oh, that's not what I want for you because mm-hmm. it's he's saying like that isn't what God wants for you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. He's saying, look, it's not yep. me. This is yeah. not my opinion. Yep. I'm yep. just telling you this is not of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I take notice, too, of how he says you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news mm. at all, which you said, Pastor Mike. But... um. It sounds enough like the good news that Mm. they are able to be fooled by it. It sounds like it, but it is not quite. It's like Jesus plus. Um, And this whole idea of legalism, man, that is so attractive. And I think we have to be really honest about how attractive legalism Mm -hmm. is. Because in a world that does not make any sense, a list of this, 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 and not this, this, this is really, really attractive. Yeah. and so that's what he's up against. That's just huge. And and that's going to be something that continues yeah. to bubble up throughout mm-hmm. this letter. And yeah. so it may pop up in future mm-hmm. conversations, even in this podcast. But thank you for hitting that right from the outset, Amanda. There is a real appeal and an attractiveness in a world that says, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Make it simple for me. Well, lists are simple. They might be challenging, but they're simple in terms of, do this, do this, do this, do that. Let's let's take art and the mystery uh, and the beauty and the majesty of God, who is also has some lists here and there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but just to just to minimize the identity of God is just saying, well, he's a list maker. He tells us what to do mm-hmm. and what not to do, and that's it. Mm-hmm. God is also mysterious and majestic and glorious and beautiful and bigger than all of that. And so there's, it's not just science, it's art. And, and, and keeping a balance between those when it comes to our understanding of the nature and identity of our mm-hmm. creator 
is really important. Legalism doesn't let us do that. No, it doesn't. Legalism says, no, it's just the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, and, and if I'm doing these things and I perceive that you're not, therefore I'm in and you're out. Mm-hmm. I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, and that's a dangerous thing. And, it, and it's also particularly appealing because it's, there is law. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is, there are lists, mm-hmm. but there aren't just lists. Right, right. There's, there's the law and then there's uh, grace. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the rules and then there's the promises of God. And confusing those two is one of the most dangerous things Christian preachers and yes. teachers can do. Yeah. And individual Christians too. It's one of the, I'm going to show my bias here, but it is one of the reasons that I fully embraced. Now I was born into a Lutheran family. And oh, so, yeah. you know, <clears throat> it, it, it was taught to me right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But one of the best things Lutherans have going, it, it, our brand of Christianity, if you will, and we're all on the same team. We're not better right. than, we don't own right. a monopoly on these things. But what, what, what is hammered into our heads in Lutheran seminaries is you have to know the difference between law and gospel. Mm-hmm. You have to know the difference. Are you reading a list of rules here or are you reading promises? And if you confuse one for the other, you're going to confuse your congregation and you're going to invent a religion that an apostle it's, like Paul would rail against. It sounds like good news, but there's no mm-hmm. good news there. No, right? no. Yeah. When, when, yeah. You turn, yeah. when you turn promises into rules... Yeah. It's no longer Christianity. Yeah, we get to that later in one of our other questions. We will. Yeah. So let's yeah. move on. Yeah. What does Galatians 2 verses 1 through 10 reveal somewhat subtly about the way healthy and unhealthy churches function? Yeah. So this is so great because Paul is talking about, as Paul's going to make his argument, he's talking to the, the churches of Galatia about his credentials. He's talking to them about how he uh, came to the position that he came to. And he's uh, wanting to talk to them a little bit about his unity with the church in Jerusalem, because he's specifically dealing with some uh, Jewish Christians. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. So he wants to talk about that relationship that he has with those folks. He also is going to talk about a disagreement that he had with them. And that's going to be the next thing that we talk about. But as he sets this up, the way Paul sets up an argument is just so great. Brilliant. I, you know, I think um, if we were to read this, we would expect kind of a thesis statement of, you know, out of the gate, here are the things you're doing wrong. And then he would spend the rest of the time unpacking. But he kind of builds his case slowly, which is kind of not how 21st century readers are used to mm. reading something. Uh, so he starts with this place where he's he's talking about the unity that he had with, uh, uh, with uh, leaders in Jerusalem, with James and Peter and with John. And what's really beautiful about it and how healthy churches function is these people got together, they talked about the things that Paul was doing, they talked about the things that they were seeing, they talked about the things that were happening, and through open dialogue, they came to the conclusion that everything was good that Paul was doing and mm-hmm. ministering to the Gentiles. And I think that's really important for us because it would have been so tempting for the leaders in Jerusalem to start out being upset mm. with Paul, you know what I mean, to come at him and say, what are you, who, what do you think you're what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? All those different, yeah. all those very <laughs> human types of reactions. Yeah. And we're going to see some of that come up yet too. But in this particular instance, they had dialogue. They were open to one another. They mm-hmm. prayerfully uh, considered everything that Paul was saying. And it reminded me of, you know, it wasn't very long ago in Mark chapter nine, when John comes to Jesus and says, Hey, we saw some people casting out demons, but they're not with us. So don't worry. We told them to stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then yeah. Jesus says, Hey, if they're not against us, they're for us. Right. And so you see in this instance with this uh, uh, meeting with Paul and these other leaders in uh, Jerusalem of whom John was one, that it seems like John learned that lesson. Hallelujah. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's really that's really consistent <laughs> with Paul's message to the Corinthian church too. He mm-hmm. says, you know, I, wa- I I planted the seeds, Apollos watered them, but God makes it grow. Mm-hmm. It could here's here's a bad sign amongst Christians, unhealthy, and it's subtle here again. But you hit it, Amanda. Peter, James, and John, and Paul are not competing with each other. No. So Paul's lifting them up and saying, "Hey, they're the leaders of the church. I respect that. I went there. I I, I tested mm-hmm. out what I was teaching and preaching to make sure that it was in alignment." With truth, God's truth is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Not Peter's truth, right. James' truth, John's truth, Paul's truth. Yeah. God's truth is what they're all aiming for. Now, that's a sign of a healthy church. Do we want to align our message with with uh, you know one pastor, uh, one one faction in the church, whatever it might be, or do we want to align uh, our message with God's truth? There's also accountability here then. That's mm-hmm. that's built in. So we're going to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just be a bunch of lone rangers off right. doing this by right. ourselves. Yep. Yep. We're better together. And then secondly, there's uh, first there's accountability. And second, there's coordination for the sake of mission. Yeah. You can feel that here. So I think healthy churches do that. Um, they are constantly saying, how can we spread the gospel? How can mm-hmm. we get the word out? And then verse 10 doesn't hint, it just says it. And don't forget serving the poor too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so outreach isn't just evangelical outreach for the sake of conversion. It is. We don't mm-hmm. have to throw that away. That's essential, important, and that's what they're trying to coordinate for. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Peter will preach to the Jews, Paul will preach to the Gentiles. Great, we're coordinated. You do that, we'll do this, then we'll 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 mm-hmm. do more. Yeah. Mark it's a whole lot like what you do in with local sites. It's okay, we've we've got these groups of of Christians who are really excited about spreading the gospel. But it's not a bunch of individuals doing it. We need some coordination, and that's where you come in. Well, and I think the big thing here, too, is especially within that context, uh, what we're called to reach. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there is some jealousy right. here that, well, you're reaching those people, we're reaching these people. It feels like we're, com- that we're competing, mm-hmm. the, the sheep-stealing type it could, idea. It could turn it into can that. turn into mm-hmm, that if you're not easily. careful. But I think what we really, what Paul is trying to say is, hey, we've, we've each got a mission here. You know, and the Gentiles are people that God is has a heart for. I mean, even back in John 4, when Jesus had the encounter with the woman at the well, he said, a time is coming, and in fact, it's here now where you're going to worship God in spirit and truth where you are. So it wasn't any longer that they had to go to the temple in Jerusalem. They had God with them where they were in Galatia. Right. right. Yeah. And now they're reverting back to old temple ideas. Yeah. You know, this is not okay. And so, you know, Paul's established his credentials again to remind them this is valid. Right. What you learned is good. Mm-hmm. Hold on to what is good and continue to live it out where you're called. Yeah. Man, there's a lot to learn yeah. here. W- one other quick thought on this, but we have a lot more questions to go, so I want to keep moving. But Galatians 2, you know, the question is, what are some signs of healthy but also unhealthy churches? Here's a sign of an unhealthy church. Factions of people within the church secretly sneaking around to spy on us yes. and take mm-hmm. away the freedom yeah. we have in Christ yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's uh, verse 4 of yep. uh, Galatians 2. That would yep. be a bad sign. Factions in mm-hmm. general are bad signs. Instead of handling our disagreements in a Christ-like way, where in Matthew 18, Jesus says, and we have a disagreement with somebody, if they've sinned against you, go and mm-hmm. tell that person yeah. just one-on-one. You don't create an army to fight right. with one another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sign of an unhealthy church when you start having factions that are bubbling yeah. up who aren't handling things in a Christ-like way. What's at stake and what's the underlying concern for Paul in his debate with Peter about eating with Gentiles? Uh, yeah, so the next, right after we talk about <laughs> yeah. how coordinated yep. they are and how they get yep. along, Peter and Paul kind of have a, a spat, mm-hmm. but they handle it. Mm-hmm. It's not like Christians 
it's not an unhealthy sign in a church when you have conflict. It's an unhealthy sign in a church when you don't handle it in a Christ-like way. Mm-hmm. They handled it in a Christ-like way. Peter, as, as we've already talked about, when Peter was hanging out with uh, certain groups of Christians, he had no qualms about sitting down and breaking bread with them, uh, regardless of whether they were Jews or non-Jews and what how they understood what foods were okay to eat and what foods weren't okay to eat. As soon as this faction of people who particularly like to hang out with James, which is interesting because mm-hmm. <laughs> later when you read James, James is pretty much mm-hmm. a list guy. Yeah. Um, but they come and they start pushing against Peter and Peter caves. He he relents. All of a sudden, he's not going to eat with them anymore because that faction doesn't want him to eat with them anymore. And they're starting to question his holiness and his righteousness because why would you hang out with people like that? I mean... We could do a whole entire podcast on that issue right there. Why mm-hmm. would you? Because Jesus did. Because mm-hmm. that's our mission. Because Now, you're not embracing sinful behaviors, but that doesn't mean that you dismiss people from the table just because you think you're right and they're wrong. So it gets back to, it. you know, we could say this is all about what you eat or circumcision right. or Sabbath, uh, you know, rituals. But really what it's about is how do you read the Word of God, and do you know the difference between law and gospel? Mm. Are you able to distinguish the purpose of the law is to be a mirror for us, to accuse us of sin, and also to guide us in our lives? It is not the way of salvation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We can't save ourselves. We can't save anybody through the law by giving them a bunch of rules and saying, hey, behave better or you're not saved. Boy, that gets mixed up a lot in our world. On the other hand, when we say the gospel is now the law, we've lost the power of the cross. We've lost the power of what Christ has done for us. So that's what Peter and Paul are getting at. And what's at stake is this underlying concern for Paul that if you're going to, Peter, even suggest by your behavior that you have to do certain things to stand right before a holy God, you're going to teach, you're going to send the wrong message. That's not Mm -hmm. God's truth anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I because Peter absolutely was doing that. The Jewish Christians were getting confused and Mm -hmm. people were um, deciding to do all sorts of different things. And, um, you know, we think about how when Paul said in 1 Corinthians that he becomes, you know, all things to all people. Brilliant minds think alike. I was going to say the exact same thing so that I might save some. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I was going to interject. I was going to say that exact same thing. That's I just was laughing at Amanda's reaction. Mm -hmm. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and and what that doesn't mean, though, is that he changes the message. The no. message stays the same. And yep. I think mm-hmm. that he's concerned so, for so Peter, important. you know, that Peter is tweaking the message a little bit. Uh, and that's that's the problem. Also, I just heard the Minnesota when I said little bit. Oh, there it is. A little bit right there, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And and all of our, all Mark, of our listeners up north probably think, finally, they sound normal. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay, what's wrong with trying to be perfect and, quote, the way of the law? And why is Paul so upset about it? Oh, goodness Let's go to the perfect sakes. one, Mark. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Go ahead and answer this. <laughs> what's what's wrong it. with your perfectionistic oh <laughs> tendencies? Not even close. Uh, it's a striving thing, I think, mm-hmm. in, in yep. many respects. I mean, you're never going to live up to it. And so why, I mean, there, there could be ones, why try? But I think the mm-hmm. problem was when you start to use that as a measurement or a, do you, uh, do you, are you good enough? Are you this or that? Um, it's going to be a defeating thing yes. because you're never going to achieve that this side of heaven. Only one guy did. He was pretty good at it. Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I think the problem is 
When it starts to become legalistic and about the law, it becomes about the things you have to check off, the boxes you have to fill in order to be a part of that. I remember when I was first uh, getting back into church in eighth grade, uh, my biggest fear about going back to church was I didn't fit the box. I didn't know enough about scripture. I wasn't smart enough about those things. And it kept me away because I saw the church as a clubhouse, mm-hmm. a place where you had a certain set of rules you had to follow. You had to know certain things or be up like this far along in your journey, or you didn't fit in. And it took a great, great pastor to break that wall down to basically say, hey, you're here. I'm so glad you're here. That was it. I mean, I think so Shout often... Shout out to Pastor Gene in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Come on. I, yeah. I, I, Gene, so, Gene's a great pastor. He, yeah. He, in, but in general, I think what we're seeing here, though, is once again, that creeping back. I mean, mm-hmm. God's people always wanted to creep back. I mean, go back to the leaving out of Egypt. They got lost in the wilderness, and they thought, gosh, it's better for us back there. Right. At least, at yeah. least we knew what we had to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, you the know? attractiveness of being told of getting oh, a list. Of right? having that list. Yeah. So... You're not going to get there this side of heaven. It uh, doesn't mean we don't want to strive to be better versions of ourselves. There's a balance there, though. Why we do it is the important thing. We don't do it to earn God's love. Mm-hmm. We do it because God loves us, and we want to be a good example for others. For sure. The for the, sure. the the folks who are hearing this who are really sincere and want to do, do Christianity faithfully mm-hmm. and, and, and in a way that is in alignment with God's will and inside the boundaries of Scripture and all those things. I've, I've had really deep and meaningful conversations with folks like this. They say, and my grandpa was one of these mm. people. He's like, yeah, but you, you, you can't just tell them you can do anything you want. No. You, you can't just tell them there's, there's freedom. Right, the law doesn't disappear. And Paul mm. even hints at yeah. that later here in Galatians 2. He says, it's, it's not like it's gone. And he hit that really hard in Romans. The law still stands. It's not like it doesn't matter. It's just that when you use it and by thinking you're going to perfect yourself mm-hmm. and therefore that's going to get you right with God. That's going to get you into heaven. We we sound like a broken record, but this is such an important point. Yeah. And the Bible repeats it over and over in the New Testament because people keep getting this one wrong. I think it's almost like it's almost like God knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that we're we're going to need a corrective here. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that Paul gets so upset about this is because Paul was the most zealot of all zealots, he you was. know, mm. and, and he knew Re- that about Remember himself. his background. Absolutely. And he says in his greeting, uh, I don't want to take too much time to find it, but he says uh, he was the most, he was the most intense uh, in keeping the law of anyone. He did it as well as anybody had ever done it. And so he knew firsthand when we meet him in Acts, he's on his well on his way to becoming what we would call a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he is. That's exactly right. And he knows that about himself. And so he knows that complete and utter dedication to salvation through the law leads you down a very dark road. He well, knows we, that better than anybody. We see this in fundamentalistic yes. religions, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. world religion. Yeah. Terrorism comes from folks who lose the freedom of the gospel, mm-hmm. of the good news, of the mm-hmm. promise. And it's all law and it's all lists and it's yep. all what you got to do. And if you don't do it the way I do it, you don't belong in this world anymore. And I, I'm going to destroy you. This is a dangerous thing. But okay, so that's easy, right? It, it, so we're hearing this, we're talking, we're not terrorists. Uh, you know, sure. Our listeners are that's, not terrorists yeah. for the most part, I hope. <laughs> uh, but we hear this and we talk about this. We're like, so how is it relevant to us? I've had... Over three decades of ministry here at Hope, I've had all sorts of really meaningful conversations. I'll go back to those people who really want to do it Mm -hmm. in a faithful way. 
and they'll they'll start to say, ah, but I I just feel like I gotta do. I got because mm. so much of life is teaching people this is what you've got to do. Yeah. But you, Amanda, I'm so glad you brought that up. Paul has been there and he sees the end game. When you go this way, even if you don't become a terrorist, which most people won't, right. but if you if you embrace a form of Christianity that is all about what you've got to do, a it's exhausting. B mm-hmm. it's ultimately the day you're gonna the day will come when you look in a mirror and you go, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough mm-hmm. yeah. because I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I, I'm having that honest yeah. confessional moment where like I've been kind of faking it. Yeah, I, here's I get goosebumps saying this. The good news of Jesus Christ is he knows yep. that you're mm-hmm. not perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knows you're not good enough. And he still mm-hmm. he still forgives and breathes new life. That's what makes grace amazing. And Paul, what's at stake for Paul? Why does he get so mad? I mean, <laughs> Emily, you mentioned before, I'm writing in big capital letters. <laughs> in chapter 5, verse 12, he's talking about circumcision and he's... <laughs> Yeah. One, one might argue he goes a little too far, but it's in Scripture, so we're going to say God is for yep, it. He yep. says, you know, you people who insist you have to be circumcised in order to stand right before a holy God, I wish you'd circumcise yourselves, is basically what he says. I, I wish you'd, you'd turn the knife toward yourself. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd mute it. And the Greek is mm-hmm. more direct than that. I'm trying to mm-hmm. keep it PG, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I, I wish that you... Yep. Paul, oh, you foolish Galatians, he says at the beginning of chapter 3. Why is he so upset? Because he's seen the end game. He's yeah. seen what happens when you don't live with grace. When you when you start to rely on yourself to get saved instead of to rely on Jesus Christ, it minimizes the cross. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he's basically saying it's like you're looking at Jesus and saying you didn't have to do that. Yeah, no thanks. And you don't want to go there right. is what Paul's saying right. because it's our only hope. I could be wrong, but as we talk about the legalism and list checking, I think a lot of it is about not needing Jesus. Like it's the striving right. to do stuff yourself. Oh, yeah. I think the flip for society today is there's a lot of other things and you hit one in a VBS skit. So it's like this idea of thinking a certain way to like manifest something. And I think mm. those types of things are popular mm. today, yeah. but it's a, it's a similar downfall and that you're still acting like you don't need a savior. Right. Like you're going to do you, something. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. legalist, legalistic like checking up boxes, but it's thinking you still have to think a certain way and you can make it happen. And that's the same thing. It is. My biggest concern with new agey type Mm -hmm. stuff where we say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to align my power with the universe Mm -hmm. and I'm going, and we, we don't want to say God. So we say universe Mm -hmm. and it's just an easier, Mm -hmm. softer way to say it. Right. Energy. Or what's that? Energy. Energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to get that good energy going, Mm -hmm. get those vibes going. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not mad at you or I'm I'm just I just feel like in a way that's good cuz you're a half step closer at least you're open to spiritual things. Mm-hmm. But you're a half step closer to God's truth. Yep. And then just somebody who's like I don't care about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that part's okay, but where you're going wrong and where Paul would offer a strong corrective and does really in Galatians is to say you're making it all about you again. Mm-hmm. And and all about us. So now put together the collective power of 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 the created, which mm. is the universe, next to the collect the just the individual power of the creator, mm-hmm. and that to me is I mean, do if you really want the power, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. there is no power like 
grace. There is no power like the cross. There is no power like the sacrifice that Jesus made through his death and resurrection. If you really want the power, stop trying to manifest something in alignment with the universe and tap into the energy. And, and what. If you really want that kind of power in your life, surrender. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, stop striving, as you said, Mark, and, mm-hmm. and, and let it go and let God take over. And now... Talk to the 10% of our churches in recovery from addictive behaviors. Right. Where'd the power come from? Because I'll guarantee you, every single one of them tried to stop. Mm. Every t- single one of yep. them tried to stop yep. some addictive behavior somewhere along the way and continue and, and vowed and made, made speeches, you know, promises. I will never to their loved ones. I'll never do this again. I'll right. never do this again. Mm-hmm. It'll never, this, I'm so sorry. That'll never happen again. And boom, it happens again. Yeah. And when they make that promise, they mean it. Right. They do. Of course. It's sincere. Right? They just don't have the power to do it. We don't have the power, None but God do. does. Those and ways. so there are tons of people in our church family who can testify to this just in practical daily life to say, I stopped drinking or whatever the addictive mm-hmm. behavior might, and, and now it's my 32nd anniversary or whatever at a birthday of that. As soon as I surrendered mm-hmm. and, and gave it over to God and said, oh, I want your power to give me the will to stop drinking. And they are some of the most fun people to be around. Well, they know there's a God. They do. And they they know God is powerful. Yeah. And they're not, you know, it's not a bunch of rules. No. Yeah. Although there's a place for those. Yeah. 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 Okay. How does this familiar verse, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, fall fresh this time around as we read it in the context with the rest of Paul's full letter to the Galatians? Yeah. So this is a verse that a lot of, you know, most people who've been around church for a while, they have a sense of this verse, even if they don't know where mm-hmm. it came from or they've don't know exactly it. what it says, they've heard it, you know? Uh, and and it means different things uh, to different people in different times and situations. But I think it's really important for us to understand, as with any as with anything that's in the Bible, what is the context in which it was written? What did it mean to the first people that it was written to? Uh, and when Paul is He's, he's continuing to lay out his case, you know, about um, uh, living in the freedom that Christ died and rose again to give us. Uh, and so he's talking about, he's going back to the, um, to the roots of, of the faith. And so he's going back to Abraham, who is the father of, of the faith, uh, the father of, of the, the nation of Israel. And so when he talks about uh, here in... Um, sorry, at the end of chapter three, Mm -hmm. now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, Mm -hmm. which was understood to be Israel, which was understood to be the firstborn son of God. So he's talking in family language here, right? And so when he says, uh, just a verse earlier, there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are the true children of Abraham in Christ Jesus. He's calling every single person who would hear this message of Jesus, the firstborn child of Abraham. And so he is using the argument that the people are making against him. Uh, as though they're saying, well, you know, God came to Abraham first. God called yeah. Abraham's son Isaac, and that's how this whole thing got started. And so we need to do that. Mm. And Paul is like, okay, cool. Um, that's great. Also, Jesus is our Savior, yeah. who is ultimately the the the, uh, the way that all this happens. And so in Jesus, we are all firstborn sons. He's going to continue to lay out a case for why. Um, he's going to kind of say, tell me, you want to live under the law? What do you actually know about it, right? So he's beginning to actually lay out this case that he's going to make. You want to be children of Abraham? Super duper. Did you know that you already are <laughs> through mm. Jesus? Uh, and so he's saying we don't lose who we are. We actually now um, become 
fully who we are as the firstborn children of Israel. Um, and that's where our hope is through Jesus. Yeah. He continues on that theme uh, yep. in the next chapter mm-hmm. about using that that illustration of children in a variety of different ways. You were children of God, but he also talks about an example of saying you're an inheritor. Mm. Yes. Like a child yeah. is an inheritor yep, exactly. of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of a deceased father's mm-hmm. uh, riches and wealth. That's what you are in Christ. But you didn't get it, so we're going back to Long Gospel mm-hmm. again here because mm-hmm. Paul keeps going back to it, but you didn't get that inheritance because you earned it. Right. You got the inheritance because you're in a relationship. With Jesus, yeah. And it's, it's by grace, ultimately, even though you followed rules, and Paul even says, like a slave in chapter four, still you're not a slave, you're an heir. Yep. You, you, you're, you're a daughter, you're a son uh, of, of this heavenly father, and that's what gives you this, this incredible gift. So... That power, that that relationship should remind us all, because remember, Paul's speaking to a mixed group here of a divided church, mm. the Jewish Christians who say, you got to do, you got to do, you got to do all these things a certain way, and the Gentile Christians who are like, hey, we don't have that background. Mm-hmm. But Paul's saying, yeah, like you said, Pastor Minute, but you are also sons and daughters mm-hmm. of, of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And, and Sarah, he makes a big deal out of Sarah here, yes. too, we'll in chapter get to that. four. We'll get to that next. Yeah, in yeah, that contrast. So... Mm-hmm. So, because of that, there are no. He, Paul's saying to a divided church, "You aren't really divided, right? Mm. Because Christ is enough to hold you together." So we can skip the next question yeah. and go to number eight. Uh, well, let can we do number seven? seven. What is? Oh, Christian sorry, freedom? I mean, yeah. skip the next question. Go to number yes. seven. What yes. is Christian okay. freedom, and why is it so okay. important to Paul? Yeah, this is so. I just think this is so important for us to kind of lay lay this out here. Um, why is it so important to Paul? Because Jesus died so we could have that Christian freedom. Mm -hmm. And the thing with that freedom, what it means is it's not, as some people were interpret, and we've talked about this uh, so far, that uh, you're free to do whatever you want and you're free to, you know, that doesn't, it's not free to just disobey all of all of the law or or do whatever you want. But the truth is because of what Jesus did, because Jesus died and because Jesus rose again, we are now actually free to choose if we would like for, for Holy Spirit to transform our heart. Before we knew about who Jesus was, we did not have the freedom to actually make an intelligent choice. And now we are free to choose if we want to live in the reality of our salvation. And that salvation is obviously eternal, but it also is the reality of our salvation this side of heaven and living in the salvation of the the fruits of the spirit that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. here next, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Without that understanding of Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection, then we were dead in sin. We had no freedom. Mm. We were a slave to sin. That's what that actually means. Um, But Christian freedom is the freedom to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and how that changes every single thing in our life. Before Jesus, we weren't free to make that choice. We were stuck in sin. Well, and it's also creating some healthy boundaries too. And when you think about it, in our freedom, we can hurt people if we mm-hmm. aren't careful yeah. with how we behave. You know, And we can then couch that in, well, I'm free to do whatever I want, so does that matter? Mm-hmm. I think there's a responsibility here to, to live out our baptism. I just taught mm-hmm. baptism class last night, so it's fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, that baptism, there's salvation in it, and yet we're also called to live it out on a daily basis. Why? Because people need to see the Jesus in us. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a huge responsibility as people of God to be the hands and feet, to be yeah. that example, and to not to be a jerkopotamus. That's one yeah. of my favorite words I like to say, Don't, you know, <laughs> because yeah. there are a lot of Christians out there that are very 
hurtful to the yeah. cause of Christ right now because they're trying to misrepresent the good news yeah. in a way that fits their narratives and whatever that might be. In the end of it, we, we're free to be that example to love. I mean, Paul even says that, you know, the greatest commandment, love your name, mm-hmm. love, love other people well. That is what we need to do well. And if we if we mess that up because, you know, we're flaunting this grace. I mean, you're talking about being a grace junkie. If we're flaunting our grace saying, well, I can do whatever I want and God will forgive me. You know, that's that's that can be very unhealthy at times, too. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. this scene in a movie called The Mission, which is way back 80s, okay. 90s. I can't remember what, but it 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 traces the real true story of uh, some uh, Jesuit missionaries in Robert South America. Niro. Robert was, De Niro yeah, was the, in it. Yeah, yeah he's the missionary. Um, some other really mm-hmm. big actors. It mm-hmm. was it was yeah. Academy Award winning nominated types of movie. Maybe it didn't win. It was at least nominated. Mm-hmm. But De Niro's character is a guy who is like Paul. He is mm-hmm. a persecutor of innocent people. And then he has a conversion yeah. Yeah. to Christ. Yeah. But there's one particularly moving scene um, and I'll try to describe this succinctly, but in a way that you can see it if you haven't seen the movie, where the Jesuit missionaries are trying to teach Robert De Niro's character grace and, and the power mm-hmm. of it. And he's carrying along uh, up a really steep hill on a hike o- over rocks and boulders and everything, uh, this, this net of armor. And he has to drag it along, and it's sort of self-imposed. Nobody told him to do it. He's just doing because he thinks that's his penance. Mm-hmm. That's again. Yes. It, so it gets yeah. back to mm-hmm. I got to do these things mm-hmm. in order for God to love me. And he finally gets to a point where he can't get over the o- over the cliff. He he can't mm-hmm. get to the edge. He could die at this point. The the weight of it's going to pull him down. And the leader, Jesuit missionary dude, can't remember his name. The actor is a very accomplished actor, too. He takes a knife and he cuts it. Mm-hmm. And the net falls down the cliff into the river below. And it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then Robert De, Niro, De Niro's character just breaks down and just weeps uncontrollably. Just, just weep. Now that's grace. Mm-hmm. Grace mm-hmm. is being set free. So mm-hmm. why is freedom so important to Paul? Because why are you going back mm-hmm. to carrying around that net of armor that you that Christ has set you free from? Do you really want to look at the cross and say, nice try, Jesus, mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough for me? Mm-hmm. That's the problem with legalism. That's the problem with any form of Christianity that isn't even legalism, but says, well, here's the things we got to do to get saved. Mm-hmm. The thing that you got to do to get saved has already been done, and you just need to trust it. I just need to trust it. The, the net has been clipped. It, we, the weight has been released. Why would we go back and pick it up again? And so we, you know, it's emotional. We, yeah, we, it is. It, it, that it is. freedom is worth Paul getting very upset about and yeah. writing in big letters. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big deal. Well, and the thing too is that when we, um, when we receive this freedom, it transforms us into the kind of people that we thought we wanted to be from the very beginning. Mm. I mean, that's the thing right there is that we're trying so hard to do all these good things. When you let go of trying so hard to do all those good things and allow Holy Spirit to be your boss, well, then those things automatically come, as I think probably is our next question. Which is taking us right Mm. into chapter five deeper. Yes. Pick a fruit listed in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control. And tell us how we can produce more of it in life while avoiding the sinful list. 
Well, this is one of the first uh, couple of verses I got to memorize mm. because yeah. it, it, the came, classic. it came with mm-hmm. a jingle. Uh-huh. And yes. I don't know if it's a yeah. jingle, it's very, but the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control against which there is no law. Galatians 5, 22, nice. 23. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you sang it instead. Uh, I was just <laughs> thinking that. Yeah. So... Here's the thing that I always remember about the fruits of the Spirit. These are natural byproducts yes. of having the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. You shouldn't have to work hard to uh, to take these on. You allow the Holy Spirit to do it yeah. for you, mm-hmm. in you, through you. Um, and you. But you actually, I think, have to consciously think, okay, Holy Spirit, produce these things in me. Yeah. But to yeah, produce ask. more, allow the Holy Spirit to do work. Because on your own, sometimes it's really hard to be patient. <laughs> it's really hard to be kind. You know, <laughs> It doesn't come naturally to humans. We would much rather want to get people back for things they do to oh. us. Or and, to, and it happens. Oh, it yeah, does. Sure. You don't have oh, to look far. No, no. For sure. Like in our own lives sometimes. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit can also convict us in a way to say, hey, Mm -hmm. those aren't things we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Let's take on these fruits. And the way that it happens is allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in you and direct your heart toward that kindness, toward gentleness, toward self-control. Because once we've said said this three or four times already, we can't do this on our own. Mm -hmm. These things don't come naturally. The Holy Spirit, however, can produce these things in us, but that means inherently we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do it. That's good. Paul's making a very radical point here, and it starts in verse 18, which is one of the hardest verses for folks who want to make Christianity all about rules. It's one of the hardest verses for them to deal with, and I've seen him try to interpret through this Mm -hmm. and around it and out of it, and it never works because it says what it says. Paul writes, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Mm. I mean, that could not be more direct. Mm. That Now, that's going to make a lot of people nervous, some Christians nervous, including the faction in Galatia that Paul was writing to, because they want to have rules. You have to be circumcised. You have to eat certain foods and not, mm-hmm. not eat other foods. You have to observe Sabbath commands. It's interesting how every generation lifts up certain laws as the main ones mm-hmm. yes. and then ignores a whole bunch of other ones, usually just as as damaging. Mm-hmm. And our generation does that too. We lift up certain sins as well. That's the defining stuff. It's, mm. it's sexual boundaries. Oh, well, you know, that, that one's just the terrible thing. And, and, and we can't, we can't recover from that one. Nonsense. Absolute <laughs> rubbish yep. is what yep. Paul is saying. Let me read it again. This is not preacher's right. opinion. This is Bible. When you're directed by the spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. People get nervous. It's like, well, then they, anybody can do anything they want. Yeah, but if, if you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit instead of to the flesh, then the world doesn't have to worry because mm. what's going to pour out of you is love, joy, peace, yes, patience, exactly. goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Exactly. Against these, there is no law, Paul mm-hmm. says, because it's, it's not a question of which list are you following. It's a question of who are you surrendered to, the Holy Spirit or to the sinful flesh. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of it flushes out. And I say that with all sorts of humility and and please be patient on this. Nobody gets these lists nope. right all the time. Nope. Yeah. So, so the, a little grace for everybody. But then that also pushes back against anybody who wants to lift up certain sins as being unforgivable when the Bible doesn't say they are unforgivable. Very dangerous kinds of stuff. And I think it's important to mention, don't underestimate the power of praying and asking God to help mm-hmm. you in these areas. Right? Ask like, 
for when it. When we talk yeah. about when we talk about allowing, you know, spirit to be in charge of your life and those different types of things. Well, what we mean by that is asking Holy Spirit to develop more of that in you. And then if you're praying for patience, be prepared to wait in a line or two, you know? Don't be surprised by that. Mm. Here's a sign of Christianity that's not biblical Christianity. You don't feel any freedom. Right. Because mm. of your faith. You don't you don't feel the joy. The second right. word in, in the fruit of the spirit is joy. You don't feel the peace mm-hmm. that passes all human understanding. If you don't, don't freak out and be like, oh, no, I'm not really yeah. a, a biblical Christian. Yeah. It's just, a, it's as simple and as easy as ask, ask and I'll give it to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock yep. and the door will be open. Bring it to me and surrender in the mm. same way we gave examples before. The Robert mm-hmm. De Niro character, the, the 10% of our church that's in recovery. At a certain point, mm-hmm. we surrender it. And that's when the transformation happens. God wants to help you with these oh, things. To just, just to sit mm. and think that God is really um, excited about you being stuck in mm-hmm. jealousy or anything. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to give a rich and satisfying life. He yeah. said it. And so when you feel like you're struggling with these things, God wants to give you those. Right. Ask. Yeah. yeah. God is good. Yes. Uh, what's wrong with playing the comparison game? Uh, because we're running out of time, mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> so much. Uh, it's envy, it's covetousness. Yep. Covetousness, it, mm-hmm. it leads to all sorts of messes. Instead of doing what Scripture says, and Paul just briefly hits here in chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, in, when we play the comparison game, we end up running away from that fruit of the Spirit that's called peace, among other things, where mm-hmm. I'm at peace with what I have. I don't need to have the fastest, Mm -hmm. coolest car in the world in order to have peace. I don't need my team to win every game, although the Cubs scored 20 runs last night. (laughs) And that was that was like a glimpse of heaven to to behold. But I don't I I don't. Well, let's take that just one step further. When my team wins, can I be excited? Can I be if I love somebody, even though that's my rival team? Can I at least be happy for that person? Mm. Can I at least be happy for them? And, and now let's use that illustration and take it even further to life. For, take it away from sports just to when somebody else's kid gets what I hope my kid would get. Can I be happy for that person? When, when somebody at work gets something I wish I would have gotten, the recognition, the, the promotion, the opportunity, can I be happy for that person? Yeah. Even though, honestly, I, I wish I could have gotten that. But nothing wrong with that. Be honest with ourselves. But when we play the comparison game, I have to have that stuff in order to be full, which takes us back yet again to Paul saying, if you're going to live your life for a bunch of stuff you got to do, you aren't going to get there, including saying I have to do everything those other people do in order to be happy. That's not true. Okay, last one. Explain Psalm 119 to our podcast listeners and why is it so long? Sure. we're reading not just Galatians, but the yeah. Psalms yes. too. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So buckle in, people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, the the honest answer of why Psalm 19 is so long is because of the way that it's set up and the format mm-hmm. that the psalmist wrote it in. So uh, it has 22 stanzas, and each stanza is eight verses long. Now, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each of those stanzas begins with the subsequent letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So once you commit to that kind of a format, you're, you're going to be it. in it for a while. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's even more than that. And, th- and yeah. this is on... On you know, it, it it it's the power of God's word and how yeah. beautiful it is and how wonderful it is is the common thread throughout this this uh, chapter of the Bible, the longest chapter of the Bible. That's 176 verses long. I mean, yes. that's a record. You yes. know, that, that that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But I didn't know until I was getting ready for this podcast. I dug a little deeper. 
I knew that there were 22 sections, like you mm-hmm. said, Pastor Amanda, mm-hmm. one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the Old Testament's written in Hebrew originally, which is a shock to people who think it was written in <laughs> King James English, but it wasn't. But it isn't just the first word of each section. It's the first word of each verse. I looked it up in the original okay. Hebrew. It, every verse in that first eight verses is all, all starts with Aleph, the, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The next one is the next letter and the next letter and, and the next that. letter. Mm-hmm. It's Now that blew my yeah, mind. It, yeah, I thought, yeah. oh yeah, first word of each yeah. stanza. And that's true, but it's first word of each well, yeah. you said that, I guess, yeah. but but I always thought it was just each of the twenty-two sections. Sure, but of each eight. But it's each yeah. of the hundred and seventy-six verses. Yeah, yeah. 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 actually, start yeah. with that letter. But it's talk amazing. about being strapped. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think as we look at that, I just want to mention too, like a lot of the themes of yep. each of those uh, stanzas is about um, asking God for help with the law to keep mm-hmm. the commands, mm-hmm. also asking God for help in times of trouble. And as we just got through looking at Galatians, where you, you know, where we're debating, you know, or not debating, where we're taking a good hard look at law and gospel. When we read Psalm 119, we're reminded the law itself is not bad. Right mm-hmm. there is the law nope. itself is not bad. I'm so glad you said that. It is it is good and mm-hmm. it is um, if if you can follow the law to a certain percent and that's why God gave it to His people. If you can manage to not uh, hurt one another and not lie and not steal and stay true in your marriages, that's going to get you a long ways. The law is not bad. Choosing the law as a means to salvation yeah. will not do the trick. That's the key, yeah. and yeah. that's that's hopefully what people have been getting out of this entire episode. You can't get saved. We can't save ourselves. We can't save anybody else by getting them to do certain things. Mm-hmm. It's faith that saves. And that's Paul's point. Um, and it's it's not just Paul's point. It's <laughs> like you said, it's the point in the Psalms. It's the word of God in the freedom of a Christian set free from our sin, set free from death, set free from enemies we can't defeat. Now we have the freedom to surrender to the Holy Spirit and when we do that, the Holy Spirit's going to direct our steps in the same way God's Word does. It, famous part of Psalm 119, this one we're talking about as we close. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet mm-hmm. and a light yeah. for my path, yeah. which not only is a popular Amy Grant song you know, <laughs> from a few decades ago, but it's right there in Psalm 119, 105. And so it is. God's Word is a lamp for our feet. It guides our path. It guides our steps. It's a, it's a light through which the Spirit breathes and moves and directs and inspires. So I guess in a nutshell, Jesus saves, surrender to the Holy Spirit, enjoy the freedom and the fruit of the Holy Spirit when you do. Thanks for watching. We'll see you at worship this weekend. And we'll see you on the podcast next week. I'm not here next week. Yeah, uh, me either. You can be a guest host, but we <laughs> the podcast must go on. So, uh, yeah, Pastor Daniel. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite platform, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.